This is the Zach Ansbury Show. Welcome. Today's podcast clip comes from an interview with Simona Bronzi from RAA. So that's amazing that you managed to get a marketing coordinator role during your degree. So they reached out to you. You went through an interview process. What did they ask you for a CV or anything? Or did they know quite a bit about um, you because of your online profile? So they did know a lot about me because I had so much info on my LinkedIn already, um, just detailing what I've done in previous roles. But they did ask me to send through a resume. um, And then I think it all happened really quickly. I think the next week I had an interview. Um, and I didn't end up getting the job that I interviewed for. I ended up getting another one. So I interviewed for a part-time marketing coordinator um, in the commercial space at RA, and they found someone else to fill that. But then at the same time, they were recruiting for a full-time coordinator in the innovation space, which was a lot more interesting to me. And I ended up getting that one. You know, that's the most. So it all worked out really well. It's the most hilarious thing. It's like, you know, oh, (laughs) damn, I missed out on this part time role and those bastards offered me a full time role. (laughs) How dare they? In in a position I found more interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And they, yeah, they were amazing. And the recruiter, um, she was just so helpful. She even gave me feedback on my application, which was so valuable um, and sort of helped me, like, show that I was suited for the role because I wasn't as experienced in writing my resume or cover letter at that point in time. Um, but yeah, and, and the RA even waited for me for six weeks. I went overseas for uni. Um, I went to China on a study tour. So they waited six weeks for me to start as well. Um, so yeah, they not only did they give me a shot, they <laughs> waited for me. Yeah. Far out. Uh, I think that's incredible. So yeah. During this time, you did, you know, you moved to Queensland and then you moved back again. And, you know, it was a little bit career-ish wise. Was that a cognitive thing in terms of like, did you think if I moved to somewhere like Queensland, there might be more opportunities? And then if you moved back to South Australia, I know you missed your friends and your family and stuff. And did you think there'd be opportunities in South Australia? Because quite often we see the opposite, right? So you migrated back to South Australia looking for... Mm -hmm employment opportunities in this state where we often find we lose people in that age bracket to like the Melbournes and the Sydneys like how can you like apart from your family I, or was I think it just it was more of a a friends and family aspect rather yeah. than thinking about and you know I was only what was I it was either 19 or 20 I think I was 20 when I moved back so I was still kind of fumbling my way through the last bit of my teens and I wasn't really all that focus on my career as long as I had a job that sort of paid so I could survive. <laughs> it wasn't really um, thinking more long-term, but I think the motivating factor for doing uni in South Australia was that I could um, have my parents' support and, and live at home with mum. And I ended up moving back with her for, I think it was six months I lasted and I went, no, I need independence again. So I ended up moving out again. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> like 20 minutes away, not to the other side of the country, which she was happy about. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I think, yeah, you're right. I think you do get to that point in your life where you're like, oh, I kind of need that independence. And yeah, you know, but you, you know, everyone goes through those periods where, you know, mum and dad come in pretty handy. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so during this, you know, it is, it's a, it's a huge change, right? Moving out of the States, then you're coming back and then, 
you know, going back to education from industry, but then like, did you have any guidance in this area? Like have mentors played any role in this decision-making? Did you have like a sounding board or did you get any advice to anyone? Um, I think that there were a few key people at uni that I found really helpful. Um, There was a course advisor, Carolyn, who was just amazing. And I sort of um, was looped in quite quickly with support networks at Flinders because they sort of recognised that I'd been out of study for a few years. So um, the support that they gave at the start was really good. Um, And I sort of fumbled my way through the first year just doing like the the intro topics um, and kind of getting a feel of what uni life was like. And then um, I think a year in, I joined the Business Student Association um, and that was just a group of really cool people that were like sort of of the same um, like interests and ideas as me and were all really passionate about what we were doing. Um, and that was just a really good group of people and I never felt alone. I made heaps of friends through that. Um, so I think that, yeah, that would be the main sort of support that I had in the first couple of years. Um, and then there was a lecturer who taught professional development in marketing, Valerie Keynes, and she was just amazing. Um, and I actually, I think I've still got her as a reference on my resume because <laughs> she was just just um, such a, a wonderful person and just so encouraging. Um, I remember when I went to my interview at RAA because she was on, it was like, LinkedIn's the best. And she's like, here's the proof. And then the next day, or even the day that I got the call for the interview, we were doing a um, two-hour workshop on interview skills. And so I kind of walked into this and I'm like, I've got an interview. And so the whole class just made this a prep for me and my interview. And it was just amazing. And everyone was so supportive. Um, So I guess I have that whole class to thank for getting my job. Yep, they all deserve a commission, 1% (laughs) each for the next five years. (laughs) Yep. That's amazing. So, so what about Valerie? Was it? Yeah, Valerie yeah, Kane. Valerie Kane. What was what was it about her that sort of stood out to you as you know? Um, what what were the key characteristics about her? Um, she was a very well. She is she is um, a very warm and funny person, and just such an engaging teacher. Um, sorry, that is the other person that I I didn't watch her lectures online. I went to them because they were more workshop type things um but yeah I just and again like just related it so well to real world and I think that the people that I've come across that are just real and um not afraid to talk about their struggles throughout their career as well I think it makes you feel a bit more human um sort of admitting that they've made mistakes and how they've learned from them hey guys It's Zach Ainsbury here with just a couple of quick reminders. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, then make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. There are plenty more interviews to come with some of the world's leading marketing academics and practitioners. You do not want to miss these. In the meantime, if you're looking for another way to connect, then follow me on Twitter at Zach Ainsbury. That is Z-A-C-A-N-E-S-B-U-R-Y for my take on the marketing issues of the day.